Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our first March episode of the For the Girl podcast. I can't believe it's March. It's springtime is upon us. For the Girl Tour is behind us, Ken's. And yes, you guys, as much as we love For the Girl Tour, obviously, because it's fun to get to worship and hang out and all the things. But we really love our own bed and our husbands and being in a boring routine. And so we're excited to get back to our normal lives again. Right, Mac? I mean, I've never been more excited to just know what I'm going to eat every day. You know, to buy my groceries and not have them raw in my fridge to actually <laughs> eat them. I'm very excited about that life. And yes. It's so yes. funny. I feel like the older we get, the lamer we get in this terms of we really do uh, love to be home and to yeah be in I kind know. of our our behind our ever. offline lives <laughs> <laughs> i know the the tour life is not we're not cut out for it we're it's not, not for us for i could we, never do that we always knew we could never be rock stars <laughs> no <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to drag me out of town Kent's, the next Kent's time. Kent at one point in her life dated a rock star, and we would go to his <laughs> rock star concerts, events. Rock star. And the whole time would be having a panic attack. She hated it. <laughs> Even back then, you hated it. Yeah, it was all the emotions. Jealous weirded out that I was even dating somebody who was on a stage and nervous and yeah, yeah. she'd always be ah. like she'd be like should we go backstage should we go backstage no no no, no. let's not go backstage we, we shouldn't <laughs> go backstage just stay in the crowd let's stay in the crowd and then I would always just be like okay whatever you want I just lol I lol <laughs> thinking about the fact that we went to concerts like music festival lala lala you guys we were like at lala because of this guy so it was a <laughs> good time lala palooza wow. we were back looking in the day. back in the day but <laughs> our new life our new life is sitting on the couch in our pajamas writing bible studies <laughs> with our not rock star husbands with which our is not rock better. star husbands which are way better <laughs> how has writing been going for you guys we're currently writing our or our Bible study that will come out late spring, early summer. We're really excited about it. We're over yeah. halfway done at this point, which is exciting. So what has writing been for you, Kent? Uh, writing actually has been pretty great. Mac already knows. I have, so recently, I feel like the, you guys know this. I'm not going to talk too much, but we recently like made a big transition with Delight. We used to like spend a lot of our time doing Delight, which is the ministry we started. And now- we barely spend time on delight and we get to spend more time on for the girl, which is like the best ever and all of that. And so it's really freed up our schedules to be able to actually, to actually write and not just squeeze it in at 6am before a full day of meetings. And it's funny because going into the writing season, I feel like I was like, Getting a, we just were rusty because we hadn't written a study for a little bit. And I was it's like, been oh, months. No. 
Like, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I, the only writing I did within six months was like an annual report for Delight. That was the absolute worst piece of writing that ever existed. <laughs> I was that was like, pretty bad. I roasted pins for it. It was, you know. it was just so bad. And I was like, oh, no, I lost. I lost it. I lost it completely. But, but you didn't. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're back. There's nothing like writing with more time on your hands. And I truly have been so boring in my life. And so I've been writing at 9 p.m. at like every day of the week or every hour of the week. It's been very chill for me. And Mac has been on the struggle bus. I have been on the major struggle bus, guys. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I think because it's, I think because we've been writing while we've also been on tour and like, that's just not my best headspace, mind space, because you're trying to cram a whole week at home into three days each week, basically. And yeah, it's just made it hard for me to really get in the zone, to really get in the space of like, okay, I'm ready to write. And I've been telling Ken's like, while Ken's has nothing on her social calendars, I don't know how you have nothing on your social calendars. <laughs> I'm like over here planning large scale events every single night of the week. Let me tell you, last night I was organizing a dinner for 50 people. I don't know how I have doing that, but it worked, you know, over 50 people got dinner last night. So that worked out well. And then Good. tonight, tonight, I got to, you know, we come up with a game for Bible study. And it's, you know, I think we, I told you guys, we are leading young life right now. And so that's two nights a week. And so I'm over here just <laughs> He's a busy a couple hours to write. I'm like, Whew, okay, here we go. And then I get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And Mac isn't used to functioning like that. And so, but I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It's all good. It's all good. And I think sometimes through the struggle bus, it sometimes can produce. It's in the pressing, in the crushing, where wine comes from those grapes. And I feel the same way sometimes in my writing process. It's like the most crushing writing seasons can sometimes bring about the sweetest wine, the best wine. And so, Declaring that over this writing season for myself, Jens. <laughs> I love that for you. I love that for you. My writing's just going to be nice and pleasant, guys. You're going to be like, whoa. <laughs> Ken's had a lot of time on her hands. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I, I do feel like nobody knows what this book's about. I feel like we're really throwing people for a loop on this one. Like yeah. on Instagram, I even asked, do you guys have any ideas? And everybody was very far off. So this is going to be quite the surprise. And I'm really excited about it. I am too. I am too. It's going to be really good. So all of you girls who are wanting to do a Bible study this summer, put together a group for this summer. We got you. Going to be coming out soon. I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited about today's episode. We have an amazing guest. Name is Sydney Benson. And today's episode is for the girl who is frustrated with God or feels frustrated with God. And I think this is such a real and relevant topic. And Sydney shares so much wisdom and has just such a powerful story. So I'm really excited to jump into this episode. Yes, it's going to be so good. So grab a little notebook or if you're just going for a walk, you know, take some good mental notes and get ready for an amazing episode with Sydney. 
Hello, you guys, it's Kent. I wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you about an amazing opportunity for all of our ministry girls out there. This is for you if you've been thinking you want to do ministry with your life, like for your job and go all in, especially this is for anybody who's passionate about young people or the youth and wants to see their lives change. We have partnered with CYMT. It stands for Center for Youth Ministry Training. We have some awesome leaders and friends that have been through this program and are a part of this program. And so we can attest that it's absolutely incredible. And it's also the country's largest graduate program for youth ministry. This is the real deal. I'll tell you what it provides. Number one, it provides an all-inclusive scholarship that includes tuition, books, and the course costs. So pretty incredible. You'll also receive a Master of Arts and Youth Ministry degree earned over the three-year program. You'll also receive job placement through working at a local church or ministry. You'll receive a $1,000 stipend per month and also housing and utilities via the partnered church or the ministry that you are working with. This residence program wants you to live into your God-given calling, but also support that through a debt-free path in earning your master's degree. So, I mean, nothing better. I want to tell you really quickly some of their core components. They all start with a C. Number one is a classroom, so you're going to gain biblical and theological expertise through this program. You'll also have a cohort. You're not doing it alone. You'll do it with people in the same area and you'll move through the program together. You'll have a coach, someone that you'll consistently and personally be with and they are veteran ministers, so you're in good hands. You'll also have communities of faith, which is places you'll get to serve. And lastly, you will have care. I love this part of the program, actually. You know, through ministry, it's easy to just burn out. It can be challenging, but good self-care is critical to invest in so that you don't burn out and you will be able to learn how to do that through this program. I so much support this. And if you feel called to youth ministry, you should consider it too. We actually have a link in our bio where you can submit your name and number and email. And as soon as you do so, someone from CYMT will reach out. But I would encourage you to just take the first step and learn a little bit more, get connected and ask the questions and see what God might do through your first step. I think that this is going to be so cool. When we were talking to them, we were like, oh my gosh, the For the Girl family would be so passionate about this. And so take initiative, do the thing. I'm so excited to see how the Lord leads you in it. And yeah, let's get back into today's episode. For the Girl fam, we are so excited about our guest for today. We have Sydney Benson with us today. And she's someone that I feel like followed on Instagram for a long time and just kept up with your life over the years and all of the things. And I love so much of what you share and so much of what you do. And I just think you have such an incredible heart and incredible voice in terms of so many different things, like the way you speak about your faith in such a real and relatable way, but then also just the way that you intertwine that with real life and real life stuff that happens to you and hardships that we have to face and come across. And so before we get into your story and all of the things, will you just share a little bit more about you, Sydney? What does life look like for you on a day-to-day basis? What are you up to? And then we'll jump into all the good stuff in a second, but we just want to get to know you first. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. That was like the sweetest little intro there. Yeah. My everyday life, Um, I just got married this past year to an awesome man who 
happened to blow up on TikTok. And so stuff <laughs> that we love to do together is create content. And I work as I started a company about three years ago that uh, does digital marketing, social media management and strategy for brands, nonprofits, churches, mostly in DFW. And I work from home. We have two dogs that just keep us going all the time, always <laughs> interrupting my calls, which is beautiful, but <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I know that um, <laughs> yeah, 100%, especially two babies. And yeah, I think between just that kind of routine and hanging out with friends and trying to do my best to use whatever platform the Lord's given both of us to talk about real life things. That's kind of like, yeah. honestly, our every, our day to day right now. Yeah. That's awesome. I got to know, that's how fun. did you go from one dog to two dogs? I feel like that's <laughs> a like risky job that I'm like, how did that I know. happen? Well, I actually grew up with four dogs, okay. so yeah. I'm used to having a lot around, but then when we got the first one, he was so bored during the day. And would like bark at me in the middle of my calls and wouldn't stop. And I was like, you know uh, what? Yeah. We need a friend. So once we got Freddie, who was the next one, uh, he they both just entertain themselves throughout the day until we're done with work, which is very nice. Oh, wow. So it worked. But potty training too at the same time was something. That was something. Oh, yeah. But, I could only imagine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we definitely had to replace the carpet at our old apartment. But yeah, shoot. I'm kind of thinking that Rosie Mac might need a little friend over there yeah. to distract her. My dog sounds very similar. She <laughs> is just she just barks quite often during the calls. It's not usually at me, it's usually at the dogs out the window, but you know, we live on a busy yeah. street, so it's it's very much frequent. It's every call, basically. It's every. <laughs> she's in the. She's in the we did have to get moment. a shot collar. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. She. He's with my husband right now. Okay. They're chilling in the office, so that's nice. It's nice to have him here so that we can kind of take the dog whenever we have important calls. So yeah, yeah it's very nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, God, we covered that. So today we're going to be talking to the girl who's just been frustrated with God and maybe just because of the unexpected circumstances or just something that they're walking through that's hard and tough and they just wish they weren't. And I know for you in the last, I think it was it about a year ago now, you were diagnosed with cancer. And I actually don't know the full story, so I want you to share. Yeah. But I know that this was a tough thing, illness and sickness and gosh, it's so heavy and changes your lifestyle and changes your dreams and desires and everything you're working towards. And yeah, I would love to just for you to share a little bit more of that journey and what you walked through and just like what it felt like. Yeah. Well, I always like to say when I, I've actually talked about this topic a lot in my life. I feel like I've had a lot of different sets of trials throughout, which we all do. But I think one thing that I always kind of started off with and that I've really learned over the years is that when it rains, it pours. So a lot of times when it starts, Satan really loves to try to creep in and take hold by throwing what I call like a bunch of smoke and mirrors. So a bunch of things that just distract us and make us feel like God's far, that God's not near us. And 
uh, if he does it right, it works sometimes. And I will say that this year was one of those times where uh, I felt like for the first time in a long time, he almost really got a grip on me at, oh gosh, this time last year, we're in February right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit before. So a year and a half ago, I was probably at one of the highest moments of my life as far as there was just a lot of like childhood trauma that I had walked through that I finally got a lot of healing from, gotten counseling, gotten great community. I started a business. I was out on my own, started a podcast and video series. I was like, oh, I am just like rocking and rolling out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, met my husband and everything was just going, I mean, above and beyond amazing. And so, so, so grateful for that time because it really was a really good recharge time that I do think the Lord gives us a lot of times to be able to walk into and have enough drink to walk into the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it started with just starting to feel really bad. My hair started falling out. My energy really was the thing that plummeted around August of 2021, I think Mm -hmm. that was the time. And it kind of felt like the only thing I could describe it was like, if you've ever gotten mono, how your energy just tanks. Like I I genuinely thought I was getting mono again because you can do that as an adult. And we thought that I had it and three months went by and it wasn't getting any better. It was actually getting worse. Um, Mm -hmm. my skin profile, like completely changed all the stuff to my body and my hormones started like freaking out. I gained like 20 pounds in like two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. and finally was in and out trying to go to doctor appointments. And at that point I'd had a tumor on my thyroid for a couple of years that they were watching to make sure that it wasn't cancer. And they just kept getting worse to the point that we actually had to cancel I was doing a wedding or planning a wedding at the time. We were originally going to Greece and we're going to elope and then have a reception here. And I actually had to cancel the reception because everything was just too much. Um, And around that time, two weeks later is when they biopsied my tumor. And the doctor that I was with at the time actually told me that I had cancer. That was 100% true. And I found out later that it actually wasn't cancer. Every part of your body, especially as a woman, because it's directly tied into your hormones. So your stress levels, your bones, like everything changes. But I was given the cancer diagnosis two weeks before my wedding. At that time, my whole body changed. My parents and I did not have a good wedding planning process. I had planned actually four weddings at that point and that last minute my parents would not go through with or change their Mm -hmm. mind on. And to the point that our relationship like almost ended and praise the Lord, it's been restored, but they were like uninvited to my wedding at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. There was just a ton of stuff going on. I had to drop my film and podcast series to be able to just focus on wedding planning and be able to (laughs) just make it in about, A month before my wedding, I wasn't able to get out of bed before like 1 p.m. I couldn't do anything. Our communication, whenever (laughs) I couldn't multitask. So like I remember one day cooking or trying to cook and 
Josh was trying to talk to me and tell me something. And I realized he was getting frustrated because I wasn't computing what he was saying. And we had to realize that like, I had to do one thing at a time. So he'd have to tell me he needed to talk. I have to completely finish what I was doing and then like only look at him and have no distractions to even hear what he was saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the process of all of this, like our wedding dreams are shattering. <laughs> My, I don't know who I am. I don't even recognize myself. Like the same skin products don't work. The same like foods do different things to my body. My parent, my relationship with my parents is so, so broken. Mm -hmm. We're told we have cancer and I got to have surgery. I go in for a consult two days after we get back from the honeymoon. And then I also had to drop like 30 of my clients to be able to just function. And so all yeah. the stuff that I built, all, or, and I say that on purpose, like in my mind, I'm looking at this as all the stuff that I built, that I put time into, that I loved on and poured my heart and soul into was all crumbling. Yeah. And for a while, like that is, I'm not even going to lie that it all became so overwhelming that that was all that I could see was just that I'm losing everything. Everything I care about is leaving. It's going um, and also at the same time with your thyroid, your emotions, like you go kind of almost numb. You don't really feel a lot of emotions. And so it also got to the point where I couldn't feel the presence of the Lord for about eight months. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even feel like emotions towards the Lord or my husband. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the scariest thing. Like on the way to our wedding, I'm crying like wondering, like, am I going to feel anything on our wedding day? And that's horrifying in itself because I'm wanting to marry the person that I'm in love with. And I know I am, but I couldn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And so all that, <laughs> yeah, kind of to say, wow. I know that was like a whole long explanation there, but all of that kind of combined and just toppled mm -hmm. on one after the other throughout the whole process. Um, but the things that I really couldn't see the whole time that I did see later was that especially like I just I now with the Lord, it's something that I'm I just I could cry like talking about it was like providing every step of the way, even when ooh didn't mean to cry, <laughs> even when it didn't feel like it and it felt like everything was being taken away. The first doctor that gave me a bad diagnosis and told me it was cancer without telling me there was a 5% chance that it wasn't, which it ended up being that 5% chance. Mm -hmm. um, he got me out of there and it was supposed to take me months to find a new doctor, not only for a consult, but to get in time to be able to have surgery. And at that time we were thinking it was cancer and random connection with my parents' friend at the gym uh, found out about the situation, got me in for a consult in two days and put the surgery on the schedule actually sooner than what I was going to have with the original doctor. Mm. Wow. Our wedding stuff, we had just like my wedding dress, like everything that could go wrong with weddings too. I got a call saying about a couple months before the wedding, it wasn't going to come in on time. It was going to come in after my wedding date and you can't get a refund. And so I, in the midst of that, I had a bunch of people help me buy a wedding dress off the rack. And like, there's just so many things that happened. Even I think mm -hmm. with my husband and I, we talk about it often. 
I was a zombie. I wasn't even there. And the fact that like our marriage is still solid yeah. and together, the fact that my parents did end up coming to my wedding and we have been able to like work out our issues since then. And also just like throughout the process of not being able to feel him, I saw him show up in so many ways that I hadn't really, I feel like the Lord kind of speaks to us and provides us with like little God kisses is what I call them in our own ways and like ways that really are special to us. And it's very personal. Uh, and some of that to me, like is within emotion and even like I'm a physical touch person. The Lord gives me the goosies when I spend time with him, like goosebumps everywhere. And that is like something so personable to me, not my husband. My husband's like completely different. But during that time when I can't feel anything, I'm just numb to all everything, watching him, like even with like acts of service and providing in these little ways or having someone who I haven't talked to in years reach out and be like, I feel like the Lord has this for you and something to share with you. It was really special now looking back and being like, okay, he really made himself known throughout that entire process, even though I couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I know I'm kind of all over the place. Am I tracking so far? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so good. I think it's so helpful to like hear the the full journey that like God took you on over the last year. And I think it's such a powerful story because I think like for so many of us, you wait for this like pinnacle moment in your adult life for like the jobs in order, the relationships in order, the like oh. living situations in order, all these different things and I think, you know, that was kind of your season you were in. It was like all the pieces were falling into place. And then you kind of had to deal with the reckoning of that, of like, mm -hmm. wow, okay, God, all this like almost bubble of comfort I've created is starting to like look very different than I imagined it would look like. And so what's the dialogue with God <laughs> when life is crumbling around you or your dreams are crumbling around you or what you thought it was going to look like, what this like, you know, highest expectation moment of your life is going to look like is crumbling all around you. What is the dialogue with God for you in that time? And like, I don't know, just the realness of what does that sound like? Cause I'm sure that was so, so frustrating and so hard. And so what was that like? It was a roller coaster, but I can walk you through exactly what that roller coaster was. I will say going into this one specifically, it was, I was blessed enough to have walked through enough things involving depression and involving trauma that I have learned that even though I couldn't feel it, I can always know the foundation to two main facts that one God is good and two that he provides, mm -hmm. uh, have it tattooed on my wrist, uh, in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had that for years because that has been the one thing that he's always shown me no matter what, uh, especially because mm -hmm. I know that in those, in those times I can't see it or feel it at all. I don't feel that way. Like, I think it started off with being my dialogue with the Lord was like, extreme just like sadness and heartbroken like what is going on I feel like you don't hear me like are you listening are you even there why have you forsaken me even when I think I mean you see that throughout the bible I don't know if you guys have seen the new Jesus revolution movie I related in that there's one part where he just says like why have you forsaken me why have you left me and I think that 
was for sure the initial. It then moved into what am I doing wrong? Because I think a lot of times we naturally, even though I feel like I'm pretty good at not having a works-based belief and faith in gospel, it's really hard when everything's crumbling around you not to sit and take a moment and be like, what am I doing wrong? Um, in a society, you know, where when you do wrong, you get a consequence. And so yeah. uh, I really, really wrestled for a long time thinking that I was just and I was doing something wrong. There was something that I was walking in that wasn't blessed. And, you know, we all have like different things in our lives. But I was sitting there and could thankfully say in this point in my life that there wasn't sin that I was just like absolutely like walking into and wrestling with that but then it definitely went from talking to him i think when you go for a long time with without hearing a response or feeling like you're hearing a response you pull away and so even in a relationship when you're in a relationship with anyone when there's tension and you're not getting like any response back and you're putting in all of your effort with someone and you don't feel like it's being given back you pull away and even though that wasn't what was happening to me, that's what it felt like was happening. And so I retreated and it became more of looking in towards myself of I'm losing everything. This was everything. I mean, it was a huge pride check and it was a huge like humbling moment of I had put this love and even idolizing all of these things in my life. And as they were being taken away, it felt like pieces of me were being taken away. It literally felt like limbs of mine that I were attached to my body were suddenly not there. And I think you're right when you say we kind of build ourselves up to this like pinnacle moment, especially wedding and marriage and things like that. I think that's why you see me talking about that a lot online now um, is because you kind of like build it up to everything's going to be perfect. And if it's not, I mean, you don't think about if it's not. Like, that's just not something <laughs> that you consider. Yeah. And so it was, I know I'm getting off track a little. I'm trying to come back. <laughs> but I think the dialogue turned into, like, basically, I'm just, I think I'm going to give myself grace on part of it. I've really, like, been self-reflective on this time of, like, I think the biggest question I've asked myself is, did I suffer well or did I not? I like to look back at seasons and just kind of like reevaluate. That's just like the person. I'm a three on the Enneagram. It's totally who I am. But I think there was a point where everything did become so much and so devastating. And I felt like Satan's like smoke and mirrors were just engulfing me that I was just trying to survive. And I think I even went numb for a couple months there of just trying to like, knowing I could always hold on to, I know I'm going to make it through this because the Lord's shown me I can make it through the hard things like this. If I just hold on to that and keep pushing, um, <laughs> where I feel like I went, I definitely am sad about my reaction was when there was a time to be able to come out of that. I really struggled to come out of that. Mm -hmm. um, it became more so of, I don't want to talk to the Lord. Like, I don't want to be near you. I feel like you've left me. I feel like you've given up on me. I feel like you left me to do this all on my own. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And ooh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that kind of um, I also have grew up with different like you could call them daddy issues. Um, I have definite uh, like rejection and things like that have been something that has been a theme throughout my life that I've fought against and struggled with. And so to go through seasons too, I feel like where people, if anyone does struggle with that and they feel like the Lord is rejecting them, um, it is just like the ultimate heartbreak because that's the person, you know, that you feel like you're supposed to lean on. Um, Mm -hmm. And the thing was, I always knew that, that I was feeling that way, but I wouldn't admit it. I wouldn't even say it out loud. I wouldn't even think it until a couple months later when finally one day I just got mad at the Lord. My mom was the person that taught me that it's never a bad thing to get mad at the Lord because that means you're talking to him. And when you're talking to him, that's when he can reveal things. You're drawing near to him. He can show you things. He can reveal different moments to you. And there was just this one day where I felt like I was just mad and I got mad at him. Like, (laughs) where were you? You rejected me. You left me. And it was just like in that instance, that still quiet voice in me being like, I was with you the whole time. And I remember laying on my bed and it wasn't like a slideshow that he took me through, but it was just like in that instant, I recalled multiple moments throughout the process that 100% had God's hand all over them. And I think for the first time, I mean, that was the first time that I really let my guard down again and realized like, Mm -hmm. I have been looking at my circumstances so much. Like I've been letting that be bigger than you. And so I couldn't even see you in the midst of it. And I think someone I, it's like a cheesy line but some i probably read it on something a long time ago but mm-hmm. uh, how when you view god through your circumstances he seems very small but when you view your circumstances through god's lens those are the things that are actually very small and it literally was in that moment a complete shift like that lens almost just rolled inside out um and It really was a very humbling moment because I had to face the reality that I had basically chosen in that moment. I was experiencing the Lord's presence again and what it looked like to like be in his peace and to know that he loves me. And I had willingly chosen not to go back to that, even though it really I had chosen to put a lot of things ahead of him as far as like in my suffering that we're really keeping it me from him. If I'm being honest, I started drinking a lot more. It built up slowly. It was just like one glass a night and then it built to two and then it built to three. And then there were moments that I was drinking a whole bottle and I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, um, <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I realized I was like, you know what, we're not going to do this. And I've experienced that also as well in my life enough to know and have the wisdom of if I notice that in myself, this is 100% Satan creeping in to try to take you down another road as well. And eventually, I think everyone kind of comes to a crossroads in their pain of the thing like running to different things and recognizing that they work for a little while and then they stop. 
the same effect that they had at the beginning, they no longer have. Um, The way that alcohol numbed the pain before, that numbing just isn't as strong anymore. Or the way that sex, for some people, like, that was a good distraction for a while. It's suddenly not distracting you from the pain that you're experiencing anymore. And as someone who, throughout my life, thankfully more towards the previous seasons in my life, had experienced running to a lot of things before running to the Lord, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in recognizing, like when you have that moment where you know you're leaning into something to numb your pain or to to get through your pain, um, to immediately stop and be like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> because really, there is no way through your pain. It is like, it is a a whole, basically, pandemic for the whole world, like, we're all trying to figure out how we can make it through pain. And we keep trying a lot of different avenues when holding the Lord's hand and walking with him through it is the only way that you make it through unscathed yeah. and without addictions or without reliances on things, without icing things of your life that and parts of yourself that you otherwise wouldn't have sacrificed outside of your pain. And I think I'm sorry. Am I on a soapbox? Am I? <laughs> no. no not okay. You truly have said so many, so, so many much. things that are so full of truth, though. Like even expressing, I think in hardship, expressing your frustration and breaking through your numbness towards him and just having a moment of raw honesty where you just get mad and you cry and you get in touch with your feelings towards him again. I think that's so important. I think that, yeah, being aware of numbing agents in the midst of frustration is really practical and really real because it's funny how probably there's something small that starts out of just scrolling your phone, then turns into like a couple glasses of wine to filling your schedule with a million things, hanging out with boys, all the things just progresses over time. And it's hard to get out of it. And I mean, this conversation is so, so real because everybody experiences pain. And I think we all are still figuring out how to walk through it. And we've got to like, just be like, yeah, next to Jesus is the best thing. He loves the journey with us in our pain. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that he blesses us through it and gives us a deeper heavenly perspective through it than you receive outside of pain and fresh Mm -hmm. and suffering. And so, yeah, I guess I would love for you, um, to speak towards that of just like, as you've seemingly kind of come through a lot of this suffering, what is the hope in the midst of that just for anybody who is going through it of what are just the good things and the growth and just new perspectives that you gained through this that maybe you didn't have before, not to just like band-aid suffering with it's going to be better and everything's going to be fine. But I think that there's hope that we need to hold on to in the midst of it. There's a couple things. Um, yeah. Man, I what did I learn? I learned a lot of things. Uh, the Lord revealed a lot of things. Um, he's so good. I think the hope in the midst of suffering and in, this, in the midst of those things is one, when you can truly like throughout this whole process, even when during that eight months that I couldn't even feel the Lord because of it, a, a literal like diagnosis. Um, even in the midst of that, 
I was always able to hold on to the fact that one, the Lord did have better plans for me and that his heart isn't to harm me. And that's something that's really hard to hold on to whenever it's not feeling that way. But one of the biggest things I think I've learned in my life is that feelings don't always match the truth. Um, whether that is with the Lord or whether that is just an everyday life, that's something that has reigned true. And when you can hold on to that and you can keep seeking the Lord, even in the midst of that pain, he meets you in your pain rather than you needing to numb it. Usually when we try to numb pain, it's because we've walked outside of the Lord's peace and comfort. And so we don't have that to be able to walk through. And so we're clinging to other things to try to make it through. And my, the sat, literally like my biggest heartbreak walking out of this is that I, I just so wish that I had clinged to his hand longer and I had rested in his hands because he always promises us that when we draw near to him, that he draws near to us. And just because I think that there's a balance in frustration and hard times when you're going through suffering it is okay to not be okay. And it's okay to having peace doesn't mean that you're just joyful and happy all the time. There were a lot of really, really heavy things that meant so much to me that were happening in that time that really resulted in a lot of grief that I believe is healthy and that you do need to have there. You can still grieve, and grieve in the arms of the Lord rather than grieving outside of the arms of the Lord. And when you're trying to grieve on your own, it's too much. Like it is too much to carry. We were never created to carry that kind of burden on our shoulders. And so there are things that at the end of the day that we do when we come to the Lord, when we lay at his feet and we release those to him, even if it's a daily thing, if it's an hourly thing, there were times that I'm like every hour, Lord, like it doesn't even have to be a beautiful prayer. There have been so, I mean, halfway through this process, I wasn't saying any other prayer other than just saying the name of Jesus over and over. And if that's all that you can muster, the name of Jesus is so powerful. And just saying his name provides a covering like no other before. And so mm -hmm. if it's whatever you need in that moment, ask for it. If you yeah. feel like you are crumbling and you like don't know how to stand, ask for the strength to stand. Tell him like, I cannot do this without you. I cannot move forward without you. If you are struggling to be joyful and you feel like you've been grieving, like I struggle with opinions of others. So some like halfway through, I'm like, I'm grieving too much. And that's all that people in my life see of me and I need to be joyful. And if that's in that time, what you need, ask the Lord to provide that for you because he will. It just, I think we have a misconstrued understanding in our culture of peace and joy and suffering. I think people see it and think that it means that we're just supposed to be so happy and that we're not supposed to be affected by the things that we're going through. When the reality is that one, that's just not reality. And mm -hmm. the Lord wants to be with you and teach you things and grow you and refine you in the midst of that. And because usually in your trials, that's the biggest time in your life that you are clinging to him and fully reliant on him.
there was so much that was taken out from under me that I was idolizing and that I loved and that I was even putting before Jesus and honestly had taken into my own. Even my job, I, I noticed that there were so many ways and like the podcast series that I had picked up and claimed as my own. And I'd even stopped asking him like, where, what do you want with this? This is yours. Show me where to go with this. Like have your way with this. And it just became more of my, my thing and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with it. And it's not always bad. And that's a very specific example, but I think there was so many things that he taught me throughout that process that if I had continued going down that road, I don't even think that my ministry would even have been as effective as it is now because mm -hmm. I was heading in a direction that the Lord didn't even have me, mm -hmm. not out of even bad intentions, but also because I'm just, we're growing, we're humans. We don't know everything. We don't have all the wisdom. And the fact that the Lord is able to use our circumstances, I don't think the Lord did that on purpose. I don't, I truly don't believe that by any means, but I think in the midst of it, he used it to grow me, to be able to walk forward and one, be able to talk on this podcast, be able to talk to my followers about things that I never would have talked about with my followers before, but I'm able yeah. to do now and just relate to people on a realistic way. Um, yeah, is that answering it's your okay. question? Totally. <laughs> That's awesome. And it really makes me think about this morning, actually, I uh, reading in John 14, when Jesus is talking about, uh, the Holy spirit, it says in John 16, like it's going to be better when you have the spirit and not me with you. And the way he describes his spirit in John 14, he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And it made me think about your story of that moment when like you had gone numb and you were like, God, where are you? Why have you left me? Why have you left me? And then in that moment, the Holy Spirit's voice being able to say, hey, we never left you. Like we, we were here all along and we can remind you. And now you get to go back and have this perspective and see it differently. Those little moments where God was so present in the midst of your pain. God was so peaceful in the midst of your confusion. And I think that's such a cool thing that even maybe when we miss it in the moment, we have the Holy Spirit in us to like take us back and to remind us of the things that Jesus has always promised us, the things that mm -hmm. Jesus has always spoken over us and said about us. And so I think what you're saying to is, you know, in it, like clinging to Jesus, like clinging to Jesus, listening for his voice, allowing the spirit to remind us of the things that Jesus has always said about the truth of who we are and what life is like with him. And so I love your story. Yeah. I love the message you shared. I think this is just so, so good. And I know it's going to just like impact so many people and just your ability to be raw and real and emotional and vulnerable is just really cool and unique in our world today. And so we're really grateful that you shared that all with us, Sydney. So I want people to be able to stay up with your story and continuing just hearing these things that God is speaking over you and the things that like he has kind of pulled out of you in this season. So how can everybody stay in touch with you? Yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> My username's at Sydney Michelle Benson. 
on all platforms. So come say hi. I would love to talk with you guys, hang out with you, send me a DM. And thank you guys so much for having me. Of course, you're the best. <laughs> We're so honored and grateful to get to hear your story. You're just the best. You are the best. You guys are the best. <laughs> I would you guys okay, wait. There is one thing that is yeah. like pressing on me right now. Do you mind yes. if I share that real quick? Yes. Please, please share. Please share. We're ready. One of the biggest things that I did walk out of this with that I haven't touched on does involve community. Mm-hmm. Um during that time, this was one of those times where oh, I can't remember the verse, but it talks about how people cannot carry themselves. They literally cannot get up and carry themselves. And so they need people to come alongside and carry them for a season. I really had, I mean, I've never had so many people come rally around me before Mm -hmm. and lift Mm -hmm. me up and remind me of the truth when I was hurting and would remind me of who God is when I couldn't see who he was. And so that was such a huge part of making it through this is because like we're human and we're not perfect and we don't experience emotions perfectly. And especially in our pain, like our minds get fogged. And when there's so much going on and you're overwhelmed, having the people in your life that love Jesus, that love you and know you know how to be there for you. So maybe not, that may not look like just, you know, spouting truth the first time you're hanging out with them and they just need to, you know, release something and just be heard. But being with you and reminding you in the times of your darkest times, like God is here. He does love you. He does have hope for a future for you. And if you can't believe it right now, or if you can't pray for it, I can. I can't tell, I have goosebumps saying that. I had multiple people say that to me throughout the process. And in the times that I could not fight for myself, because there were a couple times, I felt those prayers. Like I felt the peace. And that was one of the first times I had actually experienced that and really like relied on other people. We like to be like a hermit crab and go back into our shell. But the Lord does talk about the power of community and having those solid people in your life. And so don't retreat. Tell the people that know you and love you and love the Lord what's going on and allow them to speak into you when you can't speak to yourself. So good. It's so important. And I think that it's really easy to do that. And it's really easy to just act independent and be like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And mm-hmm. until we learn to ask for help and lean on people. And that's a, it's, I mean, that's a spiritual process in itself. God yeah. has created community. And when we can't hear his voice, sometimes he can speak through a friend and it's like life changing. So such a good word of wisdom. Thank you for sharing, Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> the thank best you guys ever. for having me. This is awesome. I love everything you guys are doing. I'm honored to be here with you guys. So Yay. thank you. <laughs> All right, Boy the Girl fam, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sydney. Make sure you follow along with her. And we'll be back next week with another episode. We love you guys. Bye.